You're listening to Lab Notes by Play Labs, where we focus on gameplay, communication, and wellness. Let's get to the lab. Hey, welcome back to Lab Notes. This is Neil or Spoon Man. I'm here with Jared. Good to be back another week. Another week. How did the uh, Friday the 13th go? Anything spooky happen that day? Thankfully, no. <laughs> um, maybe just watched a couple scary movies and enjoyed the the new event that just dropped for, for Call of Duty. Oh, nice. All the games are kicking something out these days, right? Last night, I finally got into Outlast Trials. And I, I just got through, like, the tutorial piece of it. I was not expecting the level of gore. Yeah, those games <laughs> surprise you with it sometimes. <laughs> I was kind of set back a little by that. But my plan is this evening to get into a little bit more of the multiplayer side of it. And, and I've got a couple people that want to join in. Yeah, I don't really want to play it alone. I mean, not that, <laughs> not that I'm scared yeah. per se, but it's just one of those, you know, it's right. that creepy feeling. You know? More fun with a group. Yeah. Than, uh, you're not looking for really a horror game experience, but more the horror game aesthetic. And if you play alone, it's a different game. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I think it, it comes across two different ways for you. Want the lab to yourself? Host a private party and get exclusive access to our entire 3,000 square foot gaming lab for your birthday party, bachelor or bachelorette party, or company event. Visit playlabs.gg party to book today. Use the promo code podcast for a $50 discount. As probably everybody knows, the acquisition of Activision by Microsoft is complete. I know this for sure because I got money in my from my stock. <laughs> so <laughs> my Activision stock, pretty big deal, right? I mean, large amount of cash and definitely an interesting acquisition for the Microsoft uh, Xbox team to get all the games related to that underneath their umbrella now. It's a big moment for us, um, a lot of opportunity, and I'm incredibly excited by it all. Yeah, what, uh, what do you think of that? Pro, a con, how does that, you know, what does that look like for the company and then for the public and gamers and maybe the future of esports in general? You know, the funny thing is, I think because everybody shits on Microsoft so much about everything that it's nice for them to get a win. One of the, if, like the second biggest company in the world. Yeah. So it's funny to say that, hey, they need a win and get this thing closed finally and everybody, you know, that was resisting it. And I believe that uh, they're going to do good things with what they have but the question becomes is it good for any game company you know i shouldn't say any game company any hardware manufacturer like you know that makes xbox right they make the console to own the games that go on the console as well i i personally i mean just straight up no no qualms about it i hate exclusives i hate the concept of exclusives i think it's bad for everybody it definitely does not do the gamer well well, what's the, the pros for exclusive? As much as you hate them, what are some of the pros, if any, um, you could think of? I think it locks you into an ecosystem. And it's kind of, you know, I can already hear some of my friends going, this guy that hates exclusives owns an iPhone, <laughs> right? But it's not the same thing. It's not like the app is exclusive to the phone. Unlike a game where it's like, well, you know, I want to play Halo on my PlayStation. You can't. It's yeah. not an option. It's not even a choice. I can't think of any other positives. Yeah. I think um, the only thing I've ever purchased as an like an independent system for a quote unquote exclusive was way back in the day when like the 3DS came out, the the handheld system. There was like a new Pokemon game that came out that I wanted to play. 
obviously you're not playing that on Nintendo or you're not playing that on PlayStation or Xbox. So I had to have that console, but it wasn't like I had to go and buy a PlayStation, even though I already had an Xbox. That's an excellent point because for some reason I don't see Nintendo, Nintendo games as exclusives in my mind. Like it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Right. Like I view the, I view Nintendo systems as locked systems to right, Nintendo the is the have. Mario play yeah, device, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not it's not an exclusive in the sense that it's like, and I doubt this is what goes into the conversations, but it's not like you're in a PlayStation exec room and they're like, all right, what game do we own exclusive rights to that we could put out that's going to make all the Xbox fanboys out there buy a PlayStation so they could play this? Right, yeah, it just doesn't happen with Nintendo. Like, yeah. it's expected that it will run only on a Nintendo device, and yeah. you don't think otherwise about it. So I never really put that in the in the boat, but I, it's an interesting thought that it you know why not because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. and I think a lot of it leans into the fact that it's a Nintendo. Their their devices are mostly single player or in person party games. Right. So you're not worried about not being able to play against your friend who lives 800 miles away because you have a PlayStation. He has an Xbox. It's you have a Nintendo, you're not going to play with him. You guys will play it together if they ever come to your house. Yeah, I mean, the the frustration that I've had playing any game, like the company owns three plays, or I'm sorry, three Switches, and I wanted to get everybody at the different locations. So we got an office in Florida, office in Cleveland, an office here in Michigan, and I wanted to get ready to play the um, Switch Sports games together. Mm-hmm. And so unlike any other game, we're all like, there's got to be a way to do this. And we just literally have never put the effort into try and figure. I mean, I'm sure it's not that hard, mm-hmm. but it's not intuitive either. Right? right. They're not made to be. Not easily. No. I mean, the, the, the ability is there to do it. All of it just seems so like an afterthought, like, oh, we should probably do something online. And yeah, I guess I never really put Nintendo in the exclusive boat. But from a from a Xbox slash PlayStation side, and I'm a PC gamer by all means, so none of this really bothers me, with the exception that if I want to play The Last of Us up until recently, I had to have a PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think about Xbox exclusives because most likely they're on PC, so I'm not really too worried about that either. I don't think it's good for the gamer, but does does, does that make it bad for the gamers? Outside of the typical console wars... Does it really have any negative impact? It never affected me. Okay. I didn't care that I couldn't play Spider-Man. I only ever really had Xbox. I had early PlayStations, but, you know, back in PS1, PS2 days, you weren't really worried about exclusives. It's like the games that were on your console were the games that were on your console. And most of the time, you were just lucky to have one. You're just happy to be playing games. <laughs> right, right. So as far as exclusives go, it's never affected me personally. If you guys listening have any thoughts on how it affected you maybe you have a different view on exclusives you know pop in our in the discord on the podcast channel and let us know your thoughts we'd love to hear them and uh i don't really care about them i've never really played any of them the ones i've seen are cool but it's just another game and there's so many of them that if i can't play one well there's eight others waiting in line that i can play so that's an excellent point right and we we talked about it for several weeks about how many games are coming out and how many games are available I guess getting upset about the one exclusive or something like that just isn't worth the effort. I mean, go back five or six or even seven years, you're going to see, like, there were maybe only two game releases a month that were really big. 
there were still a lot of indie games coming out on PC, but it wasn't as accessible as it is now. So if you only had a console and you're like, man, I'm so excited for these games, and then one of the two of them is only available on something you don't have, then it was kind of a, a, a bad rap because mm, you got right. stuck playing the one because you can't do the other. So you go by your buddy's house and you play it for a little bit there because they have that system or whatever. And But nowadays, I don't think it really matters. I think it's a waste of time to do exclusives because you're just reducing your revenue and possibilities. I think so too, right? And it's kind of funny is that that the excuse that I hear is, hey, PlayStation makes these exclusives to sell consoles and then take a breath and they go, we, they lose money on all the consoles. With Microsoft's purchase of Activision, and I'm not going to say Activision Blizzard King every time I talk about yeah. it. <laughs> do you think they will pull any games back and make them exclusive to Xbox? If they do, somebody is doing something wrong. They shouldn't be making it exclusive because exactly the points we were saying where it's counterintuitive, you make less money. And at the end of the day, just because they own, you know, whatever, if they make it exclusive to Xbox, that's the same problem. Maybe they say we're going to make it exclusive to Xbox and PC. So they do make money if people get a PC more than likely because there's going to be Microsoft parts in there. Maybe the couple hundred thousand people in the u.s that only own a ps5 or out of luck right <laughs> like they're not trying to convert that small percentage of people i think it'd be kind of foolish of them to do that and uh, really the only thing i care about is if they're going to bring back guitar hero that's <laughs> that is my yeah. game i loved that yeah. game when i was younger like uh, bring that back put out a new one i'm buying that i am pre-ordering that I, I missed a good, uh, I mean, Rock Band was mm -hmm. my jam, right? You get everybody like together, right? You get the whole band together. And then Guitar Hero, the, the most recent versions, had that as well. I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, with the resources that are now available and the fact that Microsoft owns them, not that Activision didn't have good resources, but they're not the same resources that Microsoft has. I don't know when the last Guitar Hero was released, but there's been at least a decade of new music that's come out that they could put oh, in there. For and sure. It's the same thing with uh, with like the MW2 maps, or MW3, MW3 using old MW2 maps. Like there's a whole wave of gamers that have never experienced playing on Rust or playing on High Rise or playing Guitar Hero. So it's all new. Yeah. I mean, I, I made a note that as soon as that Guitar Hero comes out, like I'd pre-order that right away. This podcast is produced by Podcast Nation. Just like great gamers are made at Play Labs, great podcasts are made at Podcast Nation. Visit us at podcastnation.com to learn more. What are your feelings on pre-ordering games with all these releases, with new MW3 beta that just came out? Is that something you're looking to pre-order? Are you not a, a pre-order type of person? Typically, right, with a pre-order, you get some kind of benefit from mm -hmm. it. I've found that over the years of, of pre-ordering things, I never use that benefit. Very rarely, I should say, right? Like the, the I, I pre-ordered um, Modern Warfare 3. So what, did I get into the beta like a day earlier than everybody Two days. else or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's October and I 12th. Still didn't, I didn't play until the open beta was up. <laughs> anyway, so it didn't even matter, right? I didn't play. Right. And, you got and, two extra days that you didn't use. Yeah, so I didn't even use it. So the pre and I don't care about the skins and the other stuff yeah. at the end of the day. What would be nice is if a pre-order was slightly less than the full price. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some incentive. You know, even five bucks. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. 
you know what? Hey, it's 70 bucks on release day, but if you're pre-ordered, 65. Okay, I think you'll be more likely to get my money early than late. Right. Um, not that I need the five dollars, but no. I like a deal like but everybody yeah. else does, right? Yeah. But yeah, I you know I know a lot of people that are like opposed to pre-orders because they think it's going to they think it's going to mean that the devs aren't going to finish their product because they got enough money already, which I think is just a terrible way to think about yeah, it. Chances are the product's already pretty much finished. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, They're not going to go, oh, well, yeah, we were going to fix it a little bit, but since we got all this pre-order money, we're just going to go run away. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I do it on occasion, but I really don't do it for anything other than... You can? Other than I can, maybe. I think that's it. Uh, in a, in some like weird way, I feel like I'm letting the, the developers know and, the, and the, the company know that I'm interested in their product. I think yeah. that's really the only thing I think I'm doing, and I'm fairly certain they could care less about. But if you don't like pre-orders, tell us why, because I'm curious <laughs> to hear about the people that are like, "There's never, I will never pre-order a game." And I'm sure they got burned. Like I'll never buy anything on Kickstarter, yeah, because I've been burned five different times with Kickstarter. So you know, maybe that's the same concept. I would be more incentivized to pre-order something if it saved me five or ten bucks. Because I'm more than likely going to purchase MW3, but there's no monetary benefit to me doing it if I do it now or if I buy it when the game comes out. I mean, I already have it downloaded. I played the open beta. Right, right. It's not like it's not available. Right, right? there's if no fear of missing out. It, no one exactly. cares about the skins. Like, You're absolutely right. People don't care. I pre-ordered Rock Band. Okay. Because it was, you know, if you didn't pre-order it, they were going to sell Yeah, out. it might not be and a GameStop. you stop. weren't going to play it for right. a while. Uh-huh. So that was like, you had to get all the hardware to go along with it, and if you didn't pre-order, there's a good chance you're not going to get it. So that one, that just made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. is a very unique game, though, in the sense that it had a lot of hardware with it. Absolutely. So they weren't making, you know, maybe, I don't know the numbers on it, but they didn't have, you know, two million of those drum sets ready to go. Right. They're not going to do that when they don't know who's going to buy. Obviously, they knew the game was a success. Like, they made more, but yeah. it took a while. And if you didn't yeah. pre-order it, and you were like, "Mom, I want to go to GameStop so I can get Rock Band," oh, they don't have they it. They don't have it. The one eighty miles away <laughs> in the middle of Illinois has it, but <laughs> right. you're racing other people there because they want it too. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Which I think next week I'd like to get into the topic of physical versus digital. One of our team members in uh, Florida is definitely camp physical. Like, he always wants to get it, and I am on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> like, I don't want to try and find the discs. Yeah. You know. I haven't had a console in so long that I I don't even worry about it. Uh, I mean, I do like having physical copies of things, but when it comes to games, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm a guy who still has somewhere between 50 and 100 CD physical cds uh, and right. my car doesn't even have a cd player <laughs> but i still like to have like it's a collectible it's fine i think that's kind of the element of it too is like having that collection piece but we can get into that more yeah, next that, week that, that's an excellent point i'll uh, i have a, a stack underneath my computer desk of probably 50 or so cds from games that i you know like the six disc version of far cry and all sure. that kind of stuff it's interesting, but that's where they sit. They sit in a little pile in a Ziploc bag underneath my desk. And outside of making some kind of mural with them, they, right. have, they hold no other value. Definitely, that's a, that's a topic for next week. We should definitely get into that. 
All right, another week of October under the belt here. Hopefully you're enjoying the podcast. Feel free to jump onto our Discord in the podcast channel and join our conversation so we can uh, get your feedback. And if you have any ideas for us, if even if you'd like to be a guest, let us know, and we're, we're happy to uh, take all comers. Hopefully have a great day. Have a great weekend. All right, see you guys in the next one. Game on. Thanks for listening to Lab Notes. Visit playlabs.gg to find out more about our programming and schedule. Be sure to join our Discord and pop into the podcast channel to ask us questions or tell us what you think. See you next week. Game on!